You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, it is another edition of the High Ups Podcast, a recording in my basement with my daughter asleep and thus a little bit lighter, lower That was a key. baby one. Yo, there. But I, I do have to, you know, I, I tried to give at least a bit of a yo here because on the other line here, of course, at his home, uh, Jackie Big Time. The one, oh, the only. Come Congrats on. to our buddy. How about it? Jack Fritz, the new producer of the afternoon show with John Marks and I Grease. Mazel tov, buddy. Ah, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I, I couldn't stop laughing at your little yo there. I, it, was a, it was a yo. It was a yo that was not intended to wake your daughter, and, and, and the impending cries was something that I don't want you to deal with. Yeah, well, I don't want you to deal with it either because my wife is sleeping. So if she cries, you're going to have to wait for me to go take care of her for a bit. You can hear the little monitor in the background for people. So pretty exciting stuff here, Jack. I think uh, I, I think I'm going to do my best to not wake her up. She's a pretty good sleeper. but well, um, well, while you are dealing with your baby, Alec Bohm, homered again, baby. So speaking of babies, Alec Bohm is all of our babies. Yes, very true. I I do love Zoe more, but don't get me wrong, Alec. I'm I'm a big fan. Well, I I love Zoe too, but I love Alec Bohm more. I so. trust me, I, I Jack. We all we all know where your love <laughs> lies, man. We all know. Here, my worry is that that you know, with this new big shot gig you got, that you're not gonna have as much time to troll for high school batters and you know find out some what some 16 year old the Phillies signs hands look like when he's swinging the bat i mean i don't know it could it could hurt the uh the product jack well listen all you are doing right now is is summing up my own fears because listen the big dog has to get really involved in this show and i can't be looking at that 16 year old prospect hands i can't be breaking down jamari baylor tape i mean listen before before this gig that was my thing and now I got to change, and I, I don't like changing James James. I'm anti-change. I'm not looking forward to it. Oh, I think we know that about you, Jack. I, I think we know you're anti-change. Um, first of all, welcome to, you know, the rest of us who have to, you know, produce a show full-time and, you know, that that, that they uh, have to invest oh, a lot of time into and then still bring it for the High Ops family, but, you know. The rest yeah. of us, like You'll everyone else there. that produces radio You'll and film. get there. Well, there are two people on this podcast, <laughs> and they both do it. So, you know, uh, what can I say, Jack? All right. 
Um, no, it's very exciting, and and don't worry, Jack will still find a way. That there, there, he'll find a twenty fifth hour in the day to make sure he still does all this stuff that that he loves, and we there, we we find slightly annoying, but we love him, so we we let him go. You know, let him get away with it. The real question is 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 the afternoon show crowd ready for some for some Jamari Baylor tape breakdown? Like that's that's what everyone's wondering. No, no. Nope, nope, nope. You're very lucky that the High Hopes crowd is. The High Hopes listeners are the best listeners in the world, and thus they care. But no, I, I think that's a good way to uh, make a bad version for Asher Jack. That's sad. Yeah. Well, you know what else is sad? Not having Phillies baseball. Luckily, that's almost over, buddy. Dude, I can't handle it. I I miss the Phillies so much, and I I don't. Like I don't really care if they're playing bad. Like I just love watching the Phillies, and I miss Me the too. Phillies. And like it's I just, just a part of my night. Like it's like something I do. I it just I felt like weird. I didn't know what to do with my night. No, I mean falling in love with a baseball team is so much different than falling in love with any other sport because it's every single night, and like it feels like you grow with these guys. Like that's that's what made the whole the whole Rollins, Utley, uh, uh, Howard, Hamels run so special because like we watch them every single night like it was every single night it was like i'm gonna watch my guys like they're my guys and and if it's nice getting back to that with some of these guys that are legit cornerstone pieces but even like four days without them feels like too long like four days without the phillies feels like the longest week of my life honestly i'm so with you man it has been uh it's been absolutely brutal trying to get through this week but um luckily they're back man and and, uh i don't know if it's gonna be super fun uh, getting uh, Corbin Strasburg and and Scherzer, but we'll 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 look ahead to that in a minute. But all right, let's talk some Phillies. Oh, and by the way, real quick, because we always wait and always forget. Uh, High hopes night. Pin tweet. Check it out. Come hang at the ballpark with us. It's going to be awesome fun. They're playing the Padres, who right now are two games behind the Phillies for that second wild card spot. Um, but uh, I definitely get on that. All right, Jack. Um, let let's talk a little second half because. Obviously, and and I, I hate not being in the room with you. I, I know that sounds weird, but I, I, it just feels awkward not being in the room with you, Jack. I know. I'm probably the first person in the history of the planet to say I wish I were in the room with you, Jack. I guess in some ways it's nice, but a little second half here. Let's wow. uh, kind of where you at with this team heading into the second half. The, obviously, it's kind of a weird thing because they're, they're a wild card team, technically, if the season ended today. You know, that old the trope. But, you know, we all have watched them for the last month and a half. We all see the holes. We all know how, you know, how many issues they have had and how many holes they have to fill to really compete. And then also we know that there are teams like the Dodgers who are just way better. So uh, where are you at with this team right now? Well, I, I don't love that. <laughs> the Phillies are going to start 85% Jake Arrieta on Sunday. Like that's, that's where we're at with this Phillies team. Yeah. Is I don't that, get that, that either. It's not great. Like there's, there's nothing against I mean, Scherzer. I'm excited for the, to see what Damian Jones is going to do with triple a. Apparently he's getting called up or whatever. Like I'm excited for that. But the fact that the fact that Arietta at 85%, who is already bad is the Phillies best option over any options in the minor leagues or whatever is just, it's so damning when you're looking at this team as a possible playoff contender, and obviously right now, um, if they made the, if if the season ended, the Phillies would be in the playoffs. But also, like, 
a month ago when they're starting to struggle, it was like, well, they're in first place. Well, guess what? They fell out of first place in a month. So who really cares if they were in first place at that point or whatever? So I, I just think we have to honestly look at this team. Um, but I, I feel really good about the offense. I know uh, it's been the main trope of a lot of people that the offense is is stagnant and it's been inconsistent. But I just think that they've turned a nice little corner here. I know they've played – the Mets in a lot of those games, but just in watching them, it feels like they've been more aggressive. I think Kingery at the leadoff spot. I know, um, I know, it was his average? I didn't even realize it. It's dropped a below three hundred. Yeah, it's like two ninety two or something like that. Yeah, which I, I I understand that you know for people who don't really watch the games that that's like a, a concern. But when you watch the games, the guy's still hitting the ball hard. Like it's not it's not like last year when I was like, oh my god, is, ever, is this guy ever going to get a hit again? Um, but but he's hitting the ball really hard, and I just like like watching the Astros tonight and watching the Rangers. Like obviously, it's the first game of of the second half, and and watching George Springer swing at the first pitch and just try to do damage on it. Like that's what I want on my leadoff hitter, and uh, Kingery I think is a guy that's going to do that. So I think the offense is turning a corner. Um, uh, Robertson Robertson's throwing this week. Apparently, he's pitching. He's throwing to guys. I think uh, I think today he was actually scheduled to start throwing to guys, and just seeing how everything felt. If you can get him back. To go with Tommy Hunter, to go with Adam Morgan being back now, Jose Alvarez has been good for a little bit. Like I think the bullpen is starting to take shape, and there there are more there are more starting pitcher options than I was anticipating. Um, and I think I think they're not going to have to give up too much, and I think they're going to be able to get a pretty good pitcher at this deadline. Yeah, I uh, I hope you're right about that. The not giving up too much part, I. Look, where I'm at with this team is is a lot of what you said. I think that I don't have any thought. Yeah, and again, it's baseball, so you never know what can happen. But I don't expect this team to be a legitimate World Series contender this season. Um, so when you go into the trade deadline and, and look at what they can do, uh, you know whether it's it's I think the idea of a, a deal for someone who's under team control for multiple years is interesting because that's someone who can help now and, and help later and. Um, but I, I just, I don't, as we both have talked a lot about, I don't think that mortgaging the future or, or, or going all in, as we like to say it, um, is worthwhile for this year. But I, I do think there are moves that they can make that can help. And I think that even though, you know, we've talked about how frustrating they've been and, and yes, they're still a wild card team right now, but it doesn't feel like it and all that. I do think that if, like you said, if the offense really is starting to turn it around and, and we can get. You know what, Bryce, I, I think that any Phillies fan should agree that from a player perspective, we all know with the pitching issues, but if Bryce Harper can just be hot streak Bryce Harper for a month and a half, like the wonders it would do for this team, but just that alone. But um, I think that uh, in terms of, of um, from, from a perspective of where the team is at heading into the trade in, I do think that, I think that we kind of underrate the idea of the wild card. I, it would be a really great accomplishment for this team to win a wild card. And I feel like there's just almost a like a, a, a stigma where it's like, oh, you know, you're not winning the NL East. Look, the Braves are a really good baseball team. They're better than the Phillies right now. They're, they're younger and better. But this team hasn't made the playoffs since 2011. And I think that with some moves that might not cripple them for the future or go all in – or moves for good players, but who they can have for multiple years and maybe give up more for that. Um, I think that the Phillies can still 
you know, make some noise this year and, and have a meaningful season. You know what I mean, Jack? Oh, totally agreed. And I, 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 I agree with you completely that I think the second wild, like even making the second wild card, whatever. I think that is, is being completely underrated by a lot of people in this fan base. Totally. Not only because, but, well, think about it. The 07, the 07 Phillies, I mean, the guys who were on the 08 team talk about how 07 was so important just from the standpoint of getting there and learning how to win together and all that. And I think what we're discounting, what we're discounting with making the wild card is that there's so much lead up and so much excitement in that final month of the season to make the wild card. And if you, if you, if you fall out of it and, and whatnot, like who feels good about heading into next year's Philly season? Like if, if you're in the wild card and you're, you're in the hunt and you're, you're competing every single night, like that just adds a different level of fan uh, entertainment, fan excitement, and and even if you just make the wild card and if you happen to lose in a one game playoff, and even if you win and then play the Dodgers in a five game series, that doesn't matter. Like, that does not matter because in the end, you're getting reps for your young guys. You're getting meaningful September baseball for your young guys, and and having another off season of not playoff baseball and not good good baseball heading into an offseason is only going to make this fan base even more disappointed. And I just think that to capitalize on fan excitement and to capitalize on team growth, like going for the second wild card is very, very important. It is very important from the standpoint of, of getting this team those important reps. And I just think that is being very, very undersold by like, like just like selling at the deadline or doing other things like it may help the future or whatnot, but there's not enough pieces on this team to sell off to where that, like, to where like it's gonna make that much of a difference. Like we talked about Real Muto, but like that was never like that was never like I want to trade Real Muto. It was more of the standpoint of could they do it if they fall out of this? They haven't signed him to an extension yet. Um, even though yeah, it seems we like- said if they go like two and ten over the first twelve games before the you know if they just tank you know right 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 but. But I just, I, I just think that that second wild card and getting this, this team thinking in that mindset. And listen, if they're going to make the second wild card, it's probably going to be on the backs of Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, JT Real Muto anyway. And if you get those guys to get comfortable in that ballpark um, with their new teammates, like I, that is just so much more massive than what the Phillies can really do with the deadline. Like I'm just all in on, on adding marginal upgrades to this team. Like, the fringe guys that can that can help this like they can help this year but going forward i just i'm really excited for the second half i know like a lot of people aren't but i'm very curious to see how this team um comes out i totally agree with you and and i think you hit the 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 two most important things obviously i think it's really important for the fan base like you said but I think most importantly, it's important for the players for just like you said to even just not even just the the playoff games themselves, but that chase to be in it in September against a bunch of teams fighting for that spot and to win those tough games in September. I mean, those essentially come down to playoff games a lot of times. So, you know, you get a it's not just like, oh, if they go to a one game wild card and lose, it wasn't worth it. It's like, no, it's that whole experience for the team to get that kind of, you know, the, all those reps and that all matters. And, and finishing out a 162, as we saw last year, like matters, you know. So I, I, I'm, I think you nailed it. I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, all right. In that vein, I want to throw a couple things at you in terms of, of second half thoughts. I, I think 
Look, and and I think the pitching obviously is as an issue, but would you agree with me that if if there's one player on the team right now who can have the biggest impact on the second half by by turning it up, it's Bryce Harper. Can we both agree on that? Yeah, and and ultimately I think it's on Bryce. I mean, I don't want to put too much pressure on the guy, but what we talked about all throughout this offseason and the beginning of this season was that this is now his team. Like in Washington, it was never totally his team. Like it was, but he was still the guy that was viewed as the phenom and there was already Zimmerman there and and older guys in that locker room, Worth, Scherzer. Um but now when he's here, it's him, it's Real Muto, it's Hoskins. Like those are the the three guys. I mean you'd like Arietta to be in that mix, but I just don't think he can do it. Um and I like Bryce Harper so I was looking at the second half second half numbers, second half splits or whatever. And if you if you like 2016 was so bad for Bryce, like he batted 226 in the second half. So his overall second half splits in his career, he's a career 280 hitter with a 380 OBP um, and 872 OPS, and that's factoring in that's factoring in a complete second half where he batted 226 um, in 2016. Like he is. If you take out that season, the guy is a really, really solid second-half performer. And what I think we've seen heading into the All-Star break is a guy that is is starting to figure it out, starting to feel comfortable. He finally has a a routine, a, a setup that he can go back to every single night and can repeat. I don't think that was the way it was for the first two months of the season. But I think this last month he's really found a swing that he can use and a swing that he can, he can repeat over and over again. So it feels like it's it's – it's a lot on Bryce now. He's the three hundred thirty million dollar man, and I think he's ready for it. I, I, I honestly, I cannot wait to see what Bryce is going to bring us in the second half because I think it, it has a chance to be monstrous. Yeah, and we've seen when he gets on those runs how massive they can be and how they can carry a team, carry an offense, and also you hope like we know how competitive he is. We see it on an every night basis uh, for someone who has made the all-star team every single year in his career except one where he was injured. You can't tell me that this dude who's this competitive isn't at home thinking. Oh, dude, totally agree. So you you hope that fuels him and all that stuff. I'm with you, Jack. I I feel bullish about him in the second Dude, dude, Bryce Harper is is one of the most prideful guys in, in baseball. And what 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 <laughs> the reason why I hated Bryce for most of his career was I thought he was a cocky, arrogant guy. Um, and I just think that when you have he does have a, that air of a little bit of cockiness, which is I mean, I don't blame him. He's he's been a prodigy since he was 16. But it was the, called the LeBron of baseball and on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was 16. I mean, that know. dude. Let's just let's just lay it out, James. That dude just signed a three hundred thirty million dollar contract. In a brand new city, supposed to lift them new heights and be his team, and he did not make the All Star team in an All Star game where he is featured in every single freaking ad. Like he is, I was watching MLB Network and and Fox or whatever leading up to the All Star game. Every single one of them had a Bryce Harper like promo in it. That has got to be embarrassing for a guy that is as good as Bryce Harper. And I just, I just don't think baseball is ready for what the real Bryce Harper is going to look like. I love it. And I'm with you. And and I really do think he's the chip is on the shoulder and it's going to come. Um, but all right. So with that in mind with Harper, um, firing this one off of you, who is the, on the team now, who is the most important non Bryce Harper person 
player or person to this team's success in the second half? Nick Pavetta. <laughs> what what an on brand answer that is, buddy. <laughs> but is it a lie? I mean, no, think about I it. I mean, it's it's fair. I totally get it. This team needs a this team needs one of their starters to step up outside of Nola. Aaron Nola is back to being the Aaron Nola we saw last year. I was worried that we're never gonna see it, but the guy is just totally locked in. He's and awesome. Yeah, I mean, thank God, dude. I was not ready for <laughs> no, it. Dude, it was the one thing we were counting on. We were like, everything else, we don't know what's going to happen, but at least Aaron Nola's awesome. Can we get playoff Nola? Like, that, that was the one thing we were counting on. It was, it like hurt for a while there. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if we can get seven innings, less than two runs of Nola, I mean, I think that's I think that's where we're at from, from the kids. So, listen, with Nola being back, Eflin's struggling a little bit. Velasquez is Velasquez. Oh, Jake Arrieta Jake has bone spurs in his elbow, but apparently he's the best thing they have. It's it's on Nick, man. I, I think the offense is going to be fine. I think Real Mido, I mean, dude, Real Mido's last seven games, I think he's batting 400. So hopefully he's starting to figure it out. Bryce is figuring it out. Hoskins is Hoskins. Like The offense will be fine. They finally found a leadoff hitter. It, it's it's on Pavetta to figure it out. The bullpen's getting healthier. Um it, it, this is the second half. If if you can trade for a, a Lance Lynn type, if you can trade for a Roark type, bring in a guy that's going to fill up six or seven innings and keep you in ball games and let the offense figure it out, and Pavetta can take that little bit of a step forward. Like he doesn't have to be breakout Pavetta. Just give me solid Pavetta. I'm not even asking for like the moon. I'm not even asking for a top ten in the Cy Young winner. Nick Pavetta, just give me freaking six innings and three runs or less. Like that's all I'm asking for, Nick. Um, if we can get that from Pavetta, I just think that's the biggest thing this team could ask for going forward. I look, I think, I think the answer has to be either Pavetta or Eflin, depending on which way you lean. And I think obviously, you know, you're going to go Pavetta. And and I, I personally, I, I not to be too on brand for the podcast. I think Pavetta is the right answer because we know that Pavetta, what Pavetta's upside is, and and as much as Eflin, and I think that. Eflin, I, I think he's going to be solid. I think he'll get back to being all right. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was earlier in the season. But, like, Pavetta has the, at least the stuff to really go on stretches where he can dominate. And we've seen it. We've seen it this season. Even with all the horrendous starts we've seen from this guy, he's <laughs> he's had some of the best. Like, the, he's had the best non-Aaron Nola starts on the team for the most part, other than that, that little stretch Eflin had with the complete games. But... I mean, Pavetta has at least shown the ability to be that. So, look, whether it's Pavetta or Eflin, one of these two guys has to do something. And like you said, whether look, I like Tanner Roark. The Reds in it still, and, and that's part of the why the next couple weeks are going to be so important. Because James, can, can the NL Central just stop? Like, I, it's so I, annoying, dude. It's it, it's the <laughs> di, so it's the in the history. I believe in the history since they they changed these divisions. Uh, it is the second smallest lead between all five teams uh in it, since they did it it's a four and a half game separates them all i mean those teams stink like yeah. like the the reds stink the pirates i agree stink. i agree i guess they'll just rake yeah well the the reds actually are an interesting one because the the all the underlying numbers i mean they're a plus 27 in terms of run differential they have the best starting staff in the National League by most metrics. Like it's really great in terms of just performance this season. Obviously, they're not. But um, yeah, the Reds are a weird one. They're an interesting one. But uh, it's a weird like. So we'll get to that in a sec because I do want to kind of look at the teams and what's bunched up and, and talk about who we do think is real and who's not. 
But I, I agree with that answer. I, I got two more quick ones for you. I just want to fire you. Uh, one, uh, who is the most important position to fill in a trade outside of a starting pitcher? So if they can get a starting pitcher, if you can fill one other spot, what is it? Well, I mean, it's either center field or, or third base, pretty much. Right, um, and Kingery at the other one. I agree. I, I think the idea of filling third base is the key. Yeah, uh, getting, I would getting Franco off the field is the key. I would say that third base is more important because I think there's actually decent third base options, whereas center field I don't feel as great about the center field options. Um, I, I could Bohm be the third baseman? if he keeps this up, I don't think they'd do that, but if they get desperate enough and, 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 and bring him boom for a, a playoff run, I wouldn't be totally shocked. Um, but yeah, it's, it's either third base or center field. Kingery has been good. I would rather have Kingery stay in center field. Me and find too. A third I've been so impressed with him, man. Like for someone who's learning on the fly out there, he gets really good reads on balls. He seems to take pretty good routes. Sometimes, you know, it seems like he, he kind of missteps a little bit, but I've been really impressed with him. Covers a lot of ground. Yeah, he's he's really good out there, and I think he's only getting better. Like, like this is exactly what we saw last year at shortstop with Kingery was, wow, the first month, this guy, <laughs> this guy can't play shortstop. And then by September, it was like, this guy can play shortstop yeah, every day. Totally. If to. Totally. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would rather keep Kingery at center field. I see the thing. The thing is that I think he can play center field and I think this natural instincts take over. Whereas third base, I just don't, I've never liked his arm from third base. And I, I just think that I think he has a better chance of thriving in, in center field than, than third base. And again, if you can get Michael Franco off the freaking field, Please. it's a win. Please. That, that is agree. Mine is obviously get Franco off the field. I'd love to see them obviously add a backup catcher just to get rid of Andrew Knapp. But, well, um, hey, 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 guess what? What? Is, now, are you, are you sitting down? I am. I'm actually sitting down. Yes. Okay, you're you're sitting down, and Zoe's not crying because I'm pretty sure her dad might be crying in a second. Are you ready Uh-oh. for this? Uh-oh. JC Romito had his second daughter tonight, which means might hit the paternity list, which means starting Knapp? Well, it's hard for me to – I can't get mad at you, JT. Congratulations. I have a daughter as well. Very cool. Man. Wow. I'm so excited to have Phillies baseball back. You got to do that to me, Jack. All right. For the, for the first time in my life, I am anti-paternity leave, uh, JT. I agree. Listen, get I, back. It, it's your second, right? I mean, your first one, I get it, but – Hey, listen, your first one's playing for the Marlins. This is a real sports town, JT. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> listen, buddy. Listen, you are not you are not forcing us to play, to watch, and the Phillies physically play Andrew Knapp for like three days. Yeah, I can't do that. Please. Please, man. Especially, it's not like this isn't an important series or anything like that. But, you know, whatever. All right, one more I want to fire you, and then uh, we're going to look at the teams around the Phillies and, and get to, you know, what's coming up. But... Um, and we have a lot of time before the trade deadline. This is not cemented in stone or anything. You know, we'll talk about it coming up and it depends on what happens with them and a bunch of teams. And I do think there's going to be a really interesting, aggressive trade deadline because of the getting rid of the waivers deadline, August 31st. Teams have to make the moves they want to make by then and have to, more teams will be in it. It's going to be really interesting, but 
if you had to, as of now, it's July 11th right now in the evening. Um, if you had to pick one player who is not a Philly right now, who will be a Philly by July, you know, by August 1st, who would you say? A player that I want or a player that I that think? That you guess. Not who you want. Who do you think? It just, just a shot in the dark type of, I think this move makes sense and I could really see this happening. Um, I think, I think my head says minor, um, minor or Lance Lynn. I've heard little birdies saying that Ooh. the, the Rangers have been all over the Philly system recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one to monitor. Um, I think like, dude, I cannot take, I cannot take the, the people that say, well, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks might not sell. It's like, come on, man. Like they're gonna sell. Like, wh- who are we trying to fool here? So, um, I think it's gonna be minor. I think it's gonna be uh, or or Lance Lynn or whatever. If I could, if I could have my dream, it's it's still Granky. And I just I know the whole he can't pitch in big markets thing or whatever. Like I understand all that stuff, but like I'm so frustrated. I, I will be very frustrated if he gets traded to another big market team. And a big market team goes over the luxury tax or whatever. Like, I don't, I, I, I want to, I want to get Granky and not give up the amount of prospects I think it's going to cost to get other people for a pitcher that is still really, really good. Like, I, the, the Granky trade, if he can, if he can handle pitching in Philly, and I understand he has to vet all that stuff. The Granky trade is the perfect trade. It's only money. He's still really good. You won't have to give up the prospects. And he helps you for the next two seasons after this season. Like, it's such a perfect trade. This is a big market team. I want them to act like a big market team. But if you're telling me today, I think it's going to be a trade for one of the Rangers guys. Yeah, I. Uh, so I, in terms of, uh, I agree with you on the Granky thing. I think that, you know, as we've talked a lot about, the only advantage that the Phillies have over the Braves, over other teams like that, is that they can spend money. They're a big market team. Be a big boy. Go out and be a big boy. And, and Zach Ranke, like you said, I agree, the Diamondbacks, I, 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 look, they're definitely not going to be buyers no matter if they're in it or not. And I think that no matter what, if they find someone to take that Granky contract, they would do it. Um, so I'm with you. I, I think that's the exact type of move. I think I, I don't make as much light of the him pitching in Philly thing. He really is a weird dude. And we are an intense city with our athletes as we see. So that worries me a little bit, but it wouldn't stop me from doing it. But I, I it would give me a touch of pause. But um, for me, I think if I had to pick one name and I just, I think it makes sense in the sense that when I've looked at this and this is all again, depending on, on them not falling out of it as we've talked about, but I think that that a move for someone who has more than a year of control just makes so much more sense because, you know, I, I don't know. And I, I think, like, this could be an addition to a row arc or something like that. I, I could see that type of or, – or those types of move happening as well. But I just feel like Matthew Boyd is someone they want. I feel like there's been noise around it. We saw Jim Bowden say it. Todd Zalecki referred to it recently. Like, it just feels like – Look, they we the want a lefty thing forever. He is under control for the next three years, I think, right? So I just feel, and I know that would be something where they'd give up more and, you know, we don't want them to go all in for this year, but I think the three extra years of team control, you know, 
Uh, yeah, that's the kind of guy you would give up Medina for or something like that. Um, so if I had to bet on one guy, I would bet on Matthew Boyd. Yeah, I, I actually – what was the trade today? It was like Hazley, Williams. And, and Medina. And like, man, I think I'd, I think I'd do that. I would definitely do it. I, I I would I think I think how I think Spencer Howard is turning into an untouchable prospect. I would I would much rather trade Medina than Howard. Yeah, totally agree with you. And I'm pretty sure Boyd's not free agent until 2023, actually. So oh, even like longer. Wow. So, like I I I would love a Boyd trade. Um, and if I don't have to give up, if I don't have to give up, that package is so fair for him. Um, and the other one that I think Stark laid out. What or Starker Bowden? I think it was Stark. He laid out um, uh, Medina and Eflin for Trevor Bauer. Uh, Ooh, buddy, Bauer is through next year, right? He's got one more year. Yeah, but then you're losing Eflin. But, which yeah, and also really Bauer. Bauer has you know he's said the whole thing about the one year mercenary contracts and correct. Also, you want to talk about different dudes. Yeah, I, I really, I, I'm not a big Bauer guy. Just like on, he's the really surface. good. He's, I, he's an ass, but he's really good. <laughs> yeah. He's just an I ass. Know. Like he's just an ass. Like he's, a, he's a D. Like he, he just acts like he is the greatest thing that's ever happened to pitching. But at the same time, he's also like, for someone like you, who freaking loves pitching. Like this is a guy who like studies his spin rate, studies it. Like he's like talks about like what he's like. I think I had the second best curveball in the league last year. Like that type of stuff. Like he's like a a pitching oh, nerd. Yeah. So and also he's nasty. So I I think that'd be a, an interesting move as well. Um, Boyd's the move though. Boyd's like, the move because of how long you would have him under control. I think. And because it's 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 a lot of strikeouts, and, and he'll age well. Like he's already twenty eight, right? Late bloomer, but like he's got a nice, easy delivery. Um, it's all deception, you know. It was he like mid nineties, right? Ninety three, ninety four, that type of stuff. But he just is really hard to pick up. It seems. I I totally agree, and he's not walking anyone, and he's striking out a ton of guys. Like Matthew yeah, Boyd I think is he's top five or top six in the American League in strikeouts. Yeah, and he's a guy he. Hit the trade for Matthew Boyd. Um, it would it would remind me a lot of the Cliff Lee trade. I mean, something like a, a someone who breaks out late. You know, he won the Cy Young that year for Cleveland. But that's uh, ooh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at it now. Um, like Cliff Lee. So with the with the Indians in. Let's go to 2000, 2009. He was striking out only 6.3. Boyd's striking out almost 12 per nine. 2007. Right, but I'm looking at 09 when they traded him. Actually. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay. I got you. He, he's, only, he's only striking out 6.3 per nine, but he's only, he, he was walking two per nine. And Boyd right now is striking out 11.9 per nine mm-hmm. and walking walking 1.7 per That's nine. That's ridiculous. Like he's he is really really solid, and if you look at the ERA plus, I mean Matthew Boyd and and Cliff Lee are pretty much identical, um, in in when they got traded. So, uh, it's another late bloomer. But if you can give me a guy that strikes out a lot of guys and doesn't walk any, I mean that's the Phillies are looking for at this point. Like it's all Kapler talks about now. Like if you listen to him talk, he's all about the just give me a guy that can throw strikes, um, and and I'll take it and see what we can get. Yeah, while well, uh, he's being forced to to deal with a bone spurs Jake Arrieta who's already been horrendous. I I he, I'm sure his standards are low right now. 
They definitely are. They definitely are. So the the Boyd trade would be really interesting. And if you, if you, all you have to give up is Medina, Hazley, and Williams, you have to a, do that's it. a win. That's a win for the Phillies. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, real quick, I just want to go through the teams we mentioned. And you already uh, Diamondbacks. You already said not. You know, you don't expect them to stay in it. Who I want you to tell me who you think is a real contender with the Phillies. If we're gonna say, and again, anything can happen. It's baseball. Maybe the Phillies make a gr- couple great moves and go on a magical run and, and pass the Braves. But let's say the Braves win the National League East. Looking at the teams, and we'll say the Cubs win the Central, though that's a team that could fluctuate, and the Dodgers are, I think they've already won the NL West. I think they clinched already, Jack. Um, Of the teams surrounding here, I want you to tell me who you think is like a real competitor for this Phillies team, who's going to be there in September with them and who's not. I'll just fire them off at you. I think we both agree the Nationals are legit. Too much talent. I mean, too much yeah. blue chip talent, yep. and the pitching staff is the pitching staff. So yeah, and a couple bullpen trades, and and they could be in really great shape. Uh, Brewers. Yes, just because I think the offense is is legit, and if they add a starter this month, um, and yeah, I, I'll buy I'll buy stock in Ben Harris. Oh, look at you! you there you go. Uh, also, <laughs> I mean, look they they went to what game seven last year in the NLCS. I mean, there's someone who who's been there and. You yeah. know, you know that and we were just talking about how important those those reps in September are for the Phillies and all that. This is a team that's done that and, and whatnot. So I do think that matters. Uh Diamondbacks have already said out. Yep. Okay. Padres out. Yep. I think so as well. Cardinals, interesting one. So they're weird because uh if you look at their starting staff on or their whole pitching staff in general on wo on uh fan graphs, they have the lowest WOBA uh of all the allowed. pitching staff. What? Yeah, lowest yeah, yeah. WOBA allowed, yeah. Right, so like if by Woba's standards, they've had the best pitching staff in baseball. Um, so and but like on paper, it's not that great of a pitching staff. So, um, I think they're good, but I think the Phillies are better. I agree with you. Uh, Rockies. I like the Rockies a lot. Me I know too, not, man. I know they're not playing that well, and I looked at Kyle Freeland's AAA stats the other day and got depressed. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I think I think the I think the Rockies are good. I think so too. I think look another team that, that made the playoffs last year has talent. I mean, look, they had four uh, all stars, and you look at all those guys' numbers. It's like, how are you guys not better? I mean, with Arenado and Dahl and Blackman and just all story. I mean, they're just really talented offensively, um, and they've got talent pitching, but obviously it hasn't all come together. And they also, when you look at it, is the fact they started three and twelve. It's also pretty impressive where they're at as well. So they've, they've played much better baseball after that start too. Um, and I think we both agree the Pirates, the Reds, none of those teams, no no worries. Uh, I think the Reds are okay. Like but... I said with this stuff before, but I'm not worried about the Reds, but they are at least someone to monitor, I think, more than the Pirates or um, you know, some of the other teams we mentioned. Yeah, I totally agree. And, I mean, no one else – I mean, I can't believe – I can't believe the Giants have 41 wins. The Giants are it's 41 and 40. I mean, and they're definitely going to sell because they, they, that, they have no chance. But they're five and a half back of the wild card spot. It's crazy. The National League is, nu- is really nuts this year. Well, National League is just deep. Like, they're just, yeah. there's just a ton of solid teams. And like- well, and again, for the trade deadline, that's going to matter. Like, whether or not, you know, like maybe teams like the Diamondbacks or whatever, like, Maybe they're look if they're in a wild card spot on July thirty first. Like maybe they're not buyers, but it's hard to sell to your fan base that you're selling off pieces when you're a wild card team on July thirty first. So, well, um, without that trade, the the August thirty first, I do think it does make a difference because I think teams have to make gut, like a, a more definitive gut check decision earlier. I mean, listen, I 
I agree with you from the fan base standpoint if you're playing in a city that matters. But like do you think do you think Phoenix fans are calling up sports radio being like, I can't believe Okay. This is <laughs> fair. This is I fair. I can't believe the Diamondbacks are fair. selling at the deadline. Fair. You know? They're yeah. Not, they're not putting the pressure on their teams like like all the Northeast corridor teams. No, it's fair. So but I do think it, <laughs> look, the next couple weeks are interesting. Like it, it does Look, if the Diamondbacks win, and again, it's the Diamondbacks are just an example of some of these other teams that if teams get hot, different teams might be involved in, in selling, buying, and all that. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, and obviously we'll talk about the trade deadline and all that coming up. Uh, before we get to the, the really the only thing you wanted to talk about uh, here today, um, let's quickly talk about uh, the National Series. Uh, what, just coming in here, obviously two or three, we, we all know what it is, uh, but – a real important two or three in my mind. When you look at who they're going up against from a pitching perspective, you look at the Dodgers coming to town after that, and just from a confidence level, man, for a team that that has really only beaten the Mets over the last you know month plus, it feels like. Um, where are you at with this series coming up here? I I am excited and and nervous at the same time. So I nervous. Mean, because dude we're going we're going <laughs> Strasburg Corbin Scherzer like if if they take two or three like we always say I feel really good about this team going forward and if they show fight and the offense shows it's turned a corner like that's just massive for this team with the Dodgers coming into town but like I I I'm not gonna lie to you and say I feel great I mean well I mean <laughs> here's the thing other than the night Nola goes and that's a night where he's going against – is he going against Strasburg, I think, right? Is it Corbin? No, he's Strasburg? going against Corbin. Okay, Corbin. Well, either way. So you would say Nola's the advantage over Corbin, but not by like a ton. Corbin's great. And then the other two nights, the Nationals have a massive advantage going in. So, oh, yeah. It's 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 Pavetta versus Strasburg. And I know that maybe – was it? I think it was you that said that, that Pavetta's going to turn into what Strasburg was supposed to be this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. And... I think that's, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it's Max Scherzer versus uh, 85% of Jake Arrieta. And – 85% of Jake Arrieta and 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 100% of Jake Arrieta isn't that good. So, I just Scherzer has been like on an epic run over dude, like he's always great but like he's been particularly great over the last yeah. month plus. Dude, Scherzer's had the best month of his career. Is that I I knew he'd been great. I didn't is it really the best month of his it's career? The That's best, amazing. It was the best month of his yeah, career. Yeah, I knew he'd been insane. That's awesome. Wow. Or not awesome well, for it's us. Not awesome. Aw- no, awesome because he's so great, but not awesome for the Phillies. Yes, that is fair, Jack. Yeah, well, honestly, I was thinking about this watching the All Star game. Like Scherzer and Verlander are, I, I just think they're gonna be good till their forties. Like they're so they're they're this generation's Nolan Ryan, this generation's Roger Clemens. Like power pitchers that that are able to sustain it. It's so weird. Like it's so weird the the difference in pitchers. Like it seems like Bumgarner's falling off. It seems like Arietta. Well, Arietta's definitely falling off. But then there's guys like Scherzer and and Verlander, which are just unbelievable. It's a great point. Heading into their late 30s, early 40s, like it's yeah. cra- like it's weird the variance between pitchers. It's it's wild. And look, Scherzer's really becoming one of the greats we've ever seen in front of us with this, you know, kind of later in his career, just being even better than he was before. I mean, uh, he's won what three Cy Youngs now, back to back. At one point, he's started the All Star game three times. I mean, he's a He's a, a no doubt about it, surefire Hall of Famer, and really turning into one of the better pitchers of our time, and well, uh, it's crazy. 
Verlander or Scherzer? I mean, Scherzer. Both. both are, really. I was talking about Scherzer. But Verlander is too. Verlander's a, a no doubt Hall of Famer. And um, my favorite Verlander thing, though, is that he leads the league in, in home runs allowed. And yet he's got like a mid two ERA. It has just been awesome. Well, because the because the Astros are are smart and they figured no, out that, that solo solo home runs don't really matter. Totally, totally. All right. Um, so two or three, hopefully. Uh, we've gone the whole pod. We are both tired. Need to get out of here. So Jack, uh, energize us at the end here with your futures game thought. I can't believe we made it this long without talking. I can't believe we didn't energize. I appreciate you for not you know overtaking the rest of the podcast with futures game talk. I mean, do you want do you want me to talk about Bohm's inside out swing that re- <laughs> like resulted in uh, listen that ball is smoked. Uh, um, I think all three of his balls were smoked. He only got one hit, but I think all like he hit the ball well. Listen, man, I, I don't know what you're expecting, but I always I always lead the futures game <laughs> more to more disappointed than excited. Like I'm obviously excited about Bohm, but like just seeing all these so te- yeah seeing all these, seeing all these teams that this are this is my are, take here. They're they're all better than the Phillies, and they have better farm systems. Like that's that's the frustrating part. It's like we have Alec Bohm. I cannot wait for Alec Bohm. I think Alec Bohm's gonna be amazing. And yes, Mickey Moniak did did have return from the IL tonight. Thank God with a hamstring problem, and he doubled and whatnot, which is great. Like, I'm very excited for Mickey Moniak. But like, like th- there's. There's a different level with these oh, other teams. like the Dodgers, who who obviously are way better than the Phillies, just called up Alex Verdugo, who's been awesome for them, and Dustin May's there, and they have freaking Lux and freaking all these talented guys still left, not to mention all the depth they already have. How about, like, the freaking Padres, who have maybe the best young player in baseball, uh, um, him and Acuna and Guerrero, you could fight it out, but Fernando Tatis, who looks like a absolute future superstar and then they've got like three pitchers who are better than anything the phillies have in the in the futures game i mean mckenzie, uh, McKenzie gore, gore this guy's ridiculous are we uh, serious McKenzie gore. McKenzie gore is so freaking good and man. then the freaking braves have the fuck the the freaking i'm cursing here christian pashy that kid is like a top 10 prospect they've got like ten thousand top 100 pitching prospects in the majors and minors it's just yeah, that Jack. It was my big. I, I'm really annoyed. Like I came away at way more angry than I realized I was about the lack of high end talent. Like no doubt about them. You know, studs type of guys. And of course, then you see Wander Franco, who's uh. best prospect in baseball. Who for oh, the the freaking Rays? Of course, it's the Rays. I, I just. I really, that was my real thought about the Futures game was I was how disappointed I was. I'm really, and I'm excited for Bomb, but like, man, it's disappointing. I I couldn't agree more. And I just, I hope the Phillies understand. And I think they're starting to understand. I, I keep saying this and I think, I really do think they're starting to understand that player development and scouting and and using the, the analytics and whatever to to find underrated talent and and develop that talent is the single it is the single most important thing in baseball right now. There is nothing more important than using your resources, being a big market team. Sure, we you and I both want the Phillies to use their big market teamness and bring in a Zach Granke. But ultimately, Zach Granke is is not going to like win the team's uh, win this team a World Series. He's going to help a lot. But like, all literally, literally, all that matters is player development, 
scouting and using the numbers to 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 bring in the correct prospects in international scouting. It is it is the only thing that matters. And the fact that the Phillies went into this international scouting period with the amount of money that they have, I, I understand they're going to use it a lot on uh, Yowser Garcia. Or I don't, I'm not really totally sure how to say it, but it's in my head, it's Yowser. I'm sure you'll you'll know before anybody else does. You'll find a way to like call his family and figure it out because you have to know. But like, it's just it, 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 watching the futures game, seeing the amount of talent, even watching the AAA game. There's no Phillies in the AAA All Star game, which is also frustrating. Like, I think they get it. I think there is young talent in the minor leagues, or in the, in the lower level of the minor leagues, and there's there's interesting arms. But like, just just just. Start getting it right and start figuring it out because it's literally all that matters. A hundred percent agree. It's, it's all, right. all that matters. It's little, little. I don't care what happens with the trade deadline because if you want to be successful for a long time in Major League Baseball right now, it is like player development is the wild, wild west. It's all that matters. Yeah. And, look at the Braves. I just mentioned. I didn't even mention Acuna and Alves and Riley and guys are even in the majors already. I can't oh, even. I can't oh, even. I can't before, even. Before we go too far, listen. Can I just? This is going to – I don't care if this backfires. Uh-oh. Austin Riley is a fraud. That dude wow. is not – that guy is not good. Wow. There, well, he's definitely been better than people expected. Let me, just, let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something. There's no way – there's no freaking way that a guy that has 10 walks in 202 plate appearances is going to be a long-time good Major League Baseball player. Like – Teams are going to figure out how to combat his aggressiveness and get him out. I'm just saying. Like, there's no freaking way that you can have that many walks and only have a 312 OBP and be as good of an offensive player as Austin Riley has been. It's, it's not going to last. They should trade him immediately. I like it. All right, final thoughts. Because it is definitely time to go to bed. <laughs> um... My final thought is that Spencer Howard had four or pitched four innings the other day, struck out seven, and only allowed one hit. He is a better pitching prospect than Sixto Sanchez, and I just think that we need to be more excited about him. And I wish he didn't get hurt because I think he'd be in Reading right now, and I think that he would be on a quicker track to the big leagues than he's at, and they're going to baby his arm, which is fine. They should. I mean, he's a legit, legit prospect, but – um, everyone's wondering where the pitching talent is or whatever. Spencer Howard is the pitching talent, and I think that guy is going to be an absolute horse for this team. Yeah, I'm with you. I love Spencer Howard. He's the him and Bomb, the two untouchable guys for me, no matter what kind of happens. Um, my final thought, uh, joked around about it before, but in all seriousness, uh, for I, I speak for High Hopes Nation. We're very excited for for afternoon show producer jack fritz it's it's really awesome stuff man uh jack was my intern back in the day in another life at another station um got an opportunity at wip and just freaking killed it and uh it deserves it and um uh, he has assured me that he will not let his performance here slip so you station will have to help me hold him to that we'll call him out when he isn't you know bringing it but um you'll make it happen i believe in you buddy but seriously congrats and if you haven't told jack congrats tell him congrats you could do that by rating and reviewing the podcast leave a review telling jack congrats because it'll make his day um but seriously buddy we're really happy for you it's awesome
Dude, it is so weird when we think about like our like our history. Like let's 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 go inside the podcast for a second if we're gonna yeah, do this. Sure. I, why why not? So I before I started interning at another station, I was following James on Twitter and I saw a tweet about like a like a like a baseball show. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, I mean, if he's a baseball guy, I. I I was at the point where, like, I just wanted anyone to talk baseball with because most baseball talk was dead at that point because it was 2015, mm-hmm. um, which the only intrigue around the Phillies was what are they going to get in a Hamels trade? And it turns out they got nothing in a Hamels trade. Unbelievable. But I remember the first day, the first day, James, like, walked over and introduced himself. I was like, I was like, you're you're the baseball guy, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, you're like, you're like, yeah, I am. That might have been the first time anyone had ever called me the baseball guy. It probably made my life. Yeah, I've, I have no idea. But from that point forward, we would talk baseball. Um, and just like it's crazy how three years later, like everything works out. And you listen, if that never happened, the people don't get high hopes. It's and, exactly yeah. right. I think about that all the time. And it, it, uh, it, things worked out the way they were supposed to. Yes, and now High Hopes is here, and uh, am I worried about my not being able to scout uh, the, the, the 16-year-old prospects and their hands? Yes, I'm worried, but <laughs> we'll be I, right. I, I, promise, I, I promise that I will try not to bring it up on the afternoon show because I don't want to get fired, but I will save all talk of players' hands and uh, and rap soto cameras for this podcast. I think that is an incredibly... Smart career decision. All right. Well, congrats to Fritz. We love just him. No, just know while I'm producing the afternoon show, I'm only thinking about Rapsodo Gammas. Uh, yes. And and high hopes, because that's all we ever think about um and care about. And listen, uh, listen, if you want to celebrate with me and James. Oh yeah, do it at the game with us. Come to High Hopes oh, Night. Great August idea. 17th. Let's make it a high hopes slash celebrating the rising comet like star that is Jack Fritz. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, I had to. Uh, no, seriously, coming out with us is going to be super fun. August 17th, our pin tweets. All right. Um, seriously, though, like really excited for Jack. It's going to be awesome. And it won't affect high hopes at all. We'll still figure it out one way or another. So It's just going to be later at night. That yeah, buy, that's yes. pretty much what it's going to be. Is we'll just have to record <laughs> later at night. And uh, it is what it is. Um, all right. But uh, seriously, uh, congrats, Fritz. Hopefully the Phillies don't um, – don't – uh, not win two of three or don't struggle here against the Nats and, and get going. But either way, we'll be back Monday. We'll hopefully be talking about a positive series. But um, uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed, Fritzy. Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, I think that's all you can do at this point. Uh, Fingers crossed. They got their three horses going against Pavetta, Nola, and 85% of Jake Arrieta. Yeah. And at least they have the, you know, Philly's got the Dodgers coming town after. So nice, nice puff matchup after that. Yeah, it's a nice but- little break. All right, well, we'll talk about that and hopefully a good series against the Nets either way. We'll definitely be here on Monday. So for Fritz, I'm Seltzer. We'll see you later.